0: Massive. Darkness. Massive. Darkness. Massive. Darkness. Ho! Ho! -ho. Ho -ho.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes
0: or less. Or the next episode is free. I am Kyle Bolin. And I'm Jason Cavallari. Today, we are hitting you with the darkness.
1: (laughs) The massive darkness.
0: I believe in a thing called love.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, (laughs) this is our fourth, fourth, Seamon, fifth Seamon game (laughs)
0: We're Something. really riding that Seamon train. I, I don't understand why they're not sending us money, Jason. <laughs> you hear that, people? Yeah. Uh, I don't
1: understand why we're not rolling in this Seamon uh, underwriting <laughs> funds. What's going on here? We
0: should send them a very sternly worded letter.
1: Yeah, you guys are obviously not paying attention to me. <laughs> Pay attention. Massive <laughs> Darkness is a cooperative uh, dungeon crawl? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a dungeon crawl. It is a game that uh, combines RPG elements with dungeon crawl elements. It Okay, can we be real here for a minute? This game is Zombicide plus Diablo. That's what it is. <laughs> that is precisely accurate. This game is published by Simon, as we said. It is designed by, okay, Raphael Guiton, Jean Baptiste Luyen, and Nicolas Rao. Okay. Uh, I don't know. You, you can correct me on that if you want. Jason. <laughs> That's, I'm not looking at their names, so I'm just mm. gonna say, good job. That's my best attempt. So uh, this is built on the the engine or the uh, the chassis of Zombicide, uh, meaning that it is a game that has square boards with you know that are broken breako- broken into nine different squares within that board, like Hollywood Squares, and each one of those is like a section of a board that your character can walk into and fight things. And in this case, rather than zombies, they are dwarves, goblins, orcs, goblins, and uh, I've got the uh, the troglodytes. Oh, I have those two. Yeah. So basically, like I've got like four different factions of enemies, and I believe that there was uh, a couple others that you could purchase as additional purchases
0: in the Kickstarter. Or yeah, I don't think I by. got any of those though. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I got a few of the like hero and monster packs though. Yeah, I got the ones that were included
1: in whatever, like, level I purchased at the Kickstarter. Right. But I don't remember which ones. Um, But I think I have most, if not all, of the heroes and all that. Um, This game gives you, like, a decent number of heroes to pick from. Fewer than, I believe, like, Zombicide Black Plague did. It kind of looked like it's almost like a step back in terms of quantity, which was something that Simon was kind of known for uh, up to the point of Massive Darkness. It's just giving you, like, a... An immense amount of quantity of game uh, for what you're paying for, which was not cheap, but still tons and tons and tons and tons of miniatures uh, and a game that is designed with, I guess, game design that's about an inch deep.
0: (laughs) I I think it's a little deeper than that. but inch and a half deep. Not much. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, sure. An inch (laughs) and a half deep. The best thing about this game, Jason, is it has pads. Pa- oh the the, the character yeah. paper
1: pads yeah any game with a paper pad is all right with me why they're fun you get to keep track
0: of things you get to use a pencil I can count on two fingers the number of times I've marked that pad mm. yeah I've actually <laughs> only marked it in
1: two games we started using uh, little metal cubes to keep track of our upgrades in the last couple uh, games we played so that we didn't have to like you know waste the paper basically yeah, yeah. Um, I think it makes sense so this is a game that they. They brought it out, and it's uh, it was, I believe, originally designed to be like a scenario-based game, sort of like Zombicide, if you're familiar with Zombicide. You set up a scenario, you play through it, and your characters reset and start from the beginning again uh, the next time, right? With the next scenario. And right. you know, during each scenario, they level up in XP, you get to pick new skills, uh, they get new weapons and stuff like that. And so there's a power curve through the game where you just start out with... Basically no power whatsoever, and you're incredibly powerful by the end of the scenario, just destroying tons of things every turn, uh, yep. and able to finally take on the big bads that you're going up against. But in this game, they also tried to design it so that it would have a story mode, which is like a campaign uh, with persistence from scenario to scenario, but I believe that that was like a added-on sort of thing towards the end... And it was something, it was the thing that I was most looking forward to out of this game and why I kickstarted it. Because I've, for my whole life, been looking for that HeroQuest follow-up that makes me feel like I found the next evolution of HeroQuest that is a campaign-style board game with persistence between quests and makes you feel like you've gone on a huge adventure from campaign or from scenario to scenario. That's what I was hoping for out of this game.
0: Um, It kind of actually feels like a re-implementation of HeroQuest. We got to talk about that. But, like, not in a really good way.
1: (laughs) Okay, there we go. Right.
0: (laughs) That's what I was going to get at. Well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so let's let's talk about the Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, basically, you know, you have a a team of of adventurers and they go into a dungeon for, you know, fortune and glory. Um, Or to kill a black widow. (laughs) Or, yeah, or that or... uh, Bloodthirsty, Minotaur, or whatever. Did you kill the Black Widow? Did you do? Uh, no, quest, we didn't quest it. two. Oh. No, no, no. So we're we're doing story mode, um, and we only got through the tutorial in the first scenario. Mm. Um, but uh, so I know she's coming up, but not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so uh, you have your team, and every member of the team has their turn, in which I believe you have three actions. Yep, um, I call them action points. That's not what they call them, but it's the best way for me to think yeah. about it. Yeah. So there's, you know, it's basic stuff like move, open you know open doors that's why i call them
1: action points is because it gets convoluted when you start talking about the movement actions because there's also
0: movement points right the movement action actually gives you two movement points that you can use to actually move your figure and or open things or pick things up
1: so there's a conversion from one action point to two movement points
0: yeah it's a little it's a little intense (laughs) that way (laughs) it's just it's just i don't right and the, so the other and the other ones are like attack shit, um, and I don't know what else. Uh, oh, you can like, um, you can like exchange goods or rearrange that's a, your inventory. But that's a movement point.
1: Like everything's a movement point except for attack. I'm pretty sure.
0: No, I, rearranging your inventory isn't. That's a separate action. It is. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, recovering from stuns—that's another. Anyway, so you get these actions, a, a list of actions you can do, and then the action points that you can spend to use those to do those things, and then you make your way through the scenario. Um, after all the heroes have gone, then the uh, the game uh, AI operates the the monsters, um, and they basically move and attack uh if attack and move it's attack move attack and then move yeah Yeah. (laughs) and if they so it's attack if they can't attack anything then they move and then they try again and if they can't they move again and then that's the end right of their turn um and they move according to a set of parameters according to like who has the most xp and whether or not they can see you and all those. other stuff who's in the light right and because uh, darkness actually matters in this game it does yeah the darkness um so if you're so the 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 spaces on the board are divided into ones that have a light source and ones that don't. So there are lighted squares and then shadow squares. And based on your position, if you're in a shadow square, you get like an extra ability, um, as opposed to being in a light square. Um, you can also hide from monsters. If you're out of their line of sight and in a shadow square, they will completely ignore you. Um, yeah, and they'll just go on like an automated path that goes between the exit and the entrance. Right. Yeah. Um, and then certain, uh, equipment also has, you know, the, the light and shadow has an effect on the different enchantments that the equipment can use and stuff like that. Certain so monsters have bonuses in the darkness as well. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So it does have sort of an impact on the, how the game plays. Yeah. Um, the whole theme then,
1: of the game revolves around that light, dark thing and, and, and it's fit into the mechanics in a, in a, I think for what this game is
0: a good way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll get into that in a minute, but, uh. But yeah, so it's so then after the game after the monsters go, then there's an experience phase where you spend any experience points you've gathered uh, to upgrade your character and buy skills that are listed on the on the class sheet that we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's the event phase where you pull an event card and do whatever it says. Um, yeah, Thirteen sometimes up- they're good. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a deck <laughs>
1: of, it's a deck of twenty cards. Thirteen of them basically create new monsters or make monsters that are already on the board activate, uh, and then there's seven that help you out. Like they might heal you heal your, or do treasure. damage to a monster. Yeah, yeah, create treasure on the map, yeah. things like that. Um, um, every monster then... is carrying some amount of treasure with them, and when you kill the the final, either the final monster out of a mob or if it's like a bigger monster, the bigger monster, then you get that treasure. And then there's also just like treasure boxes littered all over the board and you you get to loot all of them at once with one movement action. So you're just constantly going through the treasure deck and like, you know, getting like two, three treasures at a time on your turn. So it
0: feels that's where the Diablo-esque, so every time you open a door to a chamber you pull a door card and the Mm -hmm. there's basically three sections on the door card that correspond to different zones within the chamber um and usually it spawns treasure treasure boxes in all three uh chamber sections um as well as monsters usually in at least one of the three um but so in a single door card you can probably get anywhere from like six to nine treasures (laughs) yeah. <laughs> treasure boxes. Yeah. Um so it's a lot like Diablo in that way, is like that the, the monsters, although they drop maybe one yeah. item. Yeah. Um the rooms that the monsters spawn in like are literally just like loot caches yeah, exactly yeah the
1: rooms are the loot, the loot pinata in this game rather than the monsters as like they are in diablo but either way like it feels like diablo because you're just constantly sifting through loot and trying to figure out what's garbage and what like one thing out of that pile of garbage might actually that's, be helpful to you that's
0: what the other action is it's transmuting yeah yeah well was that an action
1: point i thought that was yeah, free it's
0: a, no it's an action are you sure yeah i just played this the other day hmm did you play it right <laughs> i'm pretty sure hmm want to make a bet? <laughs> Not necessarily, but okay. I, I was pretty sure that was a free action. Um
1: anyway, so that's that's kind of it. I mean, like the the game also scales, so like there's up to five different levels of difficulty in the game so there's like five different decks of monsters five different decks of treasure yeah. and whatever level of difficulty you're on that's the deck that you draw from when you're drawing treasure or monsters and yeah. the level is directly tied to which board you're on so like if there's five it's like
0: boards how far you progress into the dungeon. right
1: yeah so the further into the dungeon you are the more difficult it gets but also the better the loot is yep yeah. um
0: so let's talk a little bit about this game and <laughs> and how we feel about it mm-hmm I have um, yeah, I feel conflicted.
1: <laughs> confused. Yeah. Um I I if it weren't for Gloomhaven arriving immediately after Massive Darkness, Massive Darkness would have been a profound disappointment to me. <laughs> because as far as a campaign style game goes, I feel like the campaign rules are lacking.
0: So you haven't actually played the campaign.
1: I read them. I looked at them, and I said, "This is. I don't think that this is going to work for a campaign, like a 10 or 15 scenario long campaign for characters. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, so
0: we started playing the campaign, and i now have a little bit to say about that in a minute.
1: Yeah, so I've chosen to just do the go from like 0 to 60 in terms of power every scenario and play the scenario out like it's a fresh thing every time, sort of like how you play Zombicide. Um And to just focus on this game as like a sort of light dungeon crawl game that allows me to power up really quickly and go Super Saiyan as quickly as I can and enjoy the mid to end game joy of just bashing everything into a bloody pulp. <laughs> um, And for that, I am enjoying the hell out of this game. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, if you like Diablo and, uh, you know, just sort of like hack and slash games, like, this is really going to scratch that edge for you. Exactly. And
1: so if you're not looking for something that is too strategic, like extremely strategic, extremely tactical, but like a good, so what I kept telling Jocelyn, my wife, is that this is a dice chucking game. You're just chucking dice. You're just like, you know, like trying to swing that ax as many times as you possibly can, throwing a headbutt here and there, and just kill as many things as you can, loot them and keep moving through that dungeon. And, the game feels like that's what you're doing when you play it with the scenario-based rules. Uh, the thing with the story-based rules is it slows down the XP by yeah. a factor of five, so you are progressing your character five times slower than in the scenario. The scenario-based-based yeah. game. But so in
0: each scenario that you play in the campaign, you. Uh, you will not go from from zero to sixty, <laughs> right? And right. so we so in the campaign that we started the other day, we went through two scenarios, and there's only one of us that made it to level two. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's and it's precisely because that they've dramatically slowed down the rate at which you accumulate experience points, which are what you spend to level up. Yeah. Now, I've al- I also read on the met-
1: some message boards early on in the game's life that that was an issue for the campaign that some people were like reaching, they would reach like a max level early, too early, and then like there just wouldn't be any progression for the rest of
0: the game. You are just kind of playing it out at that top level or whatever, um, right? And that and sounds you know, like an issue too. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I can definitely see that happening if we continue with the campaign. Is because we are we are eventually going to reach level five, and there is I am saying at the current rate that we're doing this. It'll, will probably be somewhere around scenario four or five, which means that Mm -hmm. there's going to be at least five or six others where we're going to be at max level. Yeah. Now, the thing is, when you start uh, the next scenario in the campaign, uh, the game starts at the level of the highest leveled hero in your party. Um, But that's also problematic because... um, because the 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 dungeon itself still scales from one to five so the monsters will all spawn at like level five or whatever but the treasures that you're going to get in the first uh the first square the first tile are all going to be like level one or two so it's just going to you just accumulate junk um Mm -hmm. that you're just going to be transmuting into other junk um and that's going to happen for a long long while. Now the other thing that's problematic about that is that when you um, when you start each scenario, you can only use uh, gear that is the level um, of the current level of the game uh, to start. So if you're starting off at level two, but you have all these like level five, items that you got from the the previous scenario you can't use those level five items because you have to go back down to level two items to start off the scenario and that is frustrating as hell Mm. so do you Um, think
1: you're going to continue to play this in story mode
0: i mean i don't know i mean i would like to eventually play all the scenarios but i don't know if it's necessarily worth it to play it in story mode because it sounds like i could have just as much of a uh, a decent time you know playing them as one-offs you and i have both played some zombicide yeah.
1: Do you enjoy Zombicide? I do. Then I would advise you to just play this in scenario mode and enjoy <laughs> it like Zombicide. Um, just a big old, like, down of Yeah, monsters. for two reasons. Yeah. Like, number one, you're already expressing some frustrations with the way the system is built. And, you know, we've also already kind of, like, gotten wind that that will continue to just be more frustrating over time. But also, you told me you just got Gloomhaven. I did, yeah. You need to set up Gloomhaven, and you need to play, it and you need to discover why Gloomhaven
0: is the true successor to HeroQuest. <laughs> uh, I said, I said that this felt like a successor to HeroQuest because it actually this this a lot of the same problems from HeroQuest have sort of continued in this game.
1: Yeah, so I actually wrote down that Gloomhaven feels like an evolved modern version of HeroQuest, and Massive okay. Darkness feels like a non-evolved but perhaps yeah. iterated <laughs> on version of HeroQuest. Well, that like, sounds if, accurate. Yeah. If somebody didn't like try to like think, you know, like further down the road or think outside that box and try to break out of that mold, but still use the the inspiration of HeroQuest, right? Like the promise of what HeroQuest was supposed to be, the the places that our imaginations went to when we were playing HeroQuest. Massive or massive darkness does not take those those places and turn them into mechanics. It just continues to iterate upon the mechanics and make a game that is similar mechanically, but not necessarily more clever or better designed necessarily. Right? I mean, it is a better mm-hmm. designed game. Like, I w- it would be silly to say that this isn't a better designed game than a Hero Quest. But still, oh, it is for sure. Like, it, it feels like steps rather than like some big evolution um, in in terms of design. And I believe that Gloomhaven feels more along those lines, like an evolved version of HeroQuest that does bring you uh, more of the promises of what Hero Quest gave us back then, where the places where our imaginations went to and all that, it manages to bring more of that in mechanically in a way Mm -hmm. that feels organic. Okay. So I feel like when you're comparing the two, which maybe isn't necessarily fair, but I'm doing it anyway, uh, (laughs) Gloomhaven is the campaign-style game that you should be playing, and this is the, my friends are over, we're half drunk,
0: let's play something where we get to throw dice. (laughs) yeah i mean I, i story also goes a long way for me like you know i can play through a mediocre game if i think the story is like really engaging but the story chunks that you get in each of these scenarios are like literally half a paragraph. It is, it, it's that. I mean, <laughs> I, I Maybe read two the, sentences. I
1: didn't even read the the quest one thing that it, it gives you. I did read the quest two though, which is the one where you go kill the black widow, and it was basically just like,
0: "Yo, villagers noticed you guys are good at killing things. Go kill this spider." Yeah, no, that's yeah. About that's it. Just, the first, the first, one, the tutorial scenario was. Hey, there's a key to a stronghold in this <laughs> sewer or whatever. Go get it. <laughs> I can't And then wait. the second oh, one, God. I don't even know what it was. It was like we had to pick up some artifacts or something. <laughs> go
1: to the library? I don't know.
0: Yeah, and then yeah, that was it. And then we had to hang out in the library and, like, kill shit until it, until we were alone.
1: Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I was so... like,
0: this is weird. So, I'm very anxious
1: to talk to you about Gloomhaven down the road. I I think we'll have to definitely dedicate an entire episode to us, kind of like dissecting that and breaking it down. Uh, It's going to be difficult for me to talk about any uh, campaign-style dungeon crawler without comparing it to that, Mm -hmm. uh, because it does it so well. This this one is not a great campaign-style game. It is a good (laughs) dice-chucking, loot-looting, monster-smashing game that doesn't necessarily do anything else particularly well like i feel like the, you know there's different classes of characters that you pick you know you pick your character which you know might look like a wizard but then you can make him a barbarian if you choose the barbarian pad to like upgrade him oh, yeah. on and everything so you can kind of mix and match if you want but yeah um the thing is like i kind of feel like no matter who you're playing it, it almost feels like some sort of weird zero-sum situation where like it's all just about like plus or minus shields or swords on the dice and oh, so yeah, ev- that's, that is what it is bro. that's all it is and so like every character kind of just feels like the same character even though this one's a archer and this one's a barbarian and this one's a wizard or a sorcerer yeah. or whatever right i mean like- some of
0: the character skills uh, can give a little bit of flavor so for example the character that dave was playing was sort of like a i don't know some kind of like rogue sapper type thing and yeah. its, its special ability was to like steal shields from from monsters Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it had also something to do with whether or not you know it's attacking from the shadow or the light or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, there, it was that kind of stuff. So there's a little bit of flavor with the characters, but the classes themselves, I think, are pretty just, you know, not, you know, just non-interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple there's a couple different abilities or a couple different upgrades that give you some flavor and feel of what that character is supposed to play like. But I feel like ninety to ninety five percent of it is all just some zero sum. Game of adding or reducing dice or adding or reducing attack and defense values. And when you boil it all down to that, it, it just makes them all feel kind of samey.
0: Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. But. Um, but- and the same, it, the same can be said for the monsters, too. I mean, there, it is true. Yeah, I, Like different I, types, but they're all sort of the same. When it came
1: out, I was like, oh, God, should I have gotten the Rattling Pack? Like, should I should I have bought that <laughs> so that I have more variety in this game? No. No, 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 no. Do not worry about that because, like, it really doesn't feel like when you're fighting a goblin mob that it's that much different than a dwarf mob. Like, the dwarves are maybe, like, a little bit hardier or whatever, a little harder yeah. to kill, but maybe, like, yeah. you know, don't hit from range as much or whatever. But, like, it feels like a minor difference uh in terms of the way the game actually plays so i would not worry about that at
0: all you know what so with the we... uh the with the mob monsters i feel like that's true but I, I actually feel like there's a fair amount of variety with the roaming monsters um, yeah which are sort of the, the larger you know big bad that's, things that's the showpiece monster there you know like the, the showpiece baddies are going to be those roaming monsters and they um, usually like... have like a really interesting special ability Mm-hmm. um well maybe not interesting but uh, uh, sometimes deadly <laughs> deadly special ability they,
1: they do something like the, the spider will like will like web you bring you to her uh she'll stun you basically like bringing you to her like she webbed you like spider-man and pulled you in and then she'll like drag you with her if you're like unconscious or dead so i mean like that's that's cool right like the spider should yeah. do that and that yeah. differentiates her from like you know the unicorn or whatever that you're fighting um so yeah like there's some variety there and the other thing is the miniatures are really cool looking right
0: as always they (laughs) right yeah they look really
1: cool cool mini or not does know how to make some cool looking miniatures so you know that continues to be the case so yeah i mean component wise like it's kind of a mixed bag the miniatures look really good i feel like some of the components feel a little bit on the cheap side
0: but nothing too horrible really um, if you get did the terrain stuff come with the Kickstarter? I don't remember if I bought that separately. Uh,
1: only the chests and the um, the pillars, the doors that you have. I think you paid for extra. Okay,
0: yeah. So I have the doors and bridges, which I yeah, which I have in addition to the pillars and the chests. Yeah, which I again, I think those are made really well. Um, they look cool. Um, yeah. you
1: know, and, and it probably brings it a little bit closer to hero quest since hero quest had 3d doors. Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I'm just using the little tiles and it's fine. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't feel like, I don't feel like I need to go and spend 30 bucks on doors.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't particularly feel like anybody needs to do that, but I was like <laughs> at the time I think it was like, Oh, I'm spending this much was another 20 bucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. So one other thing I was thinking about, I, I couldn't remember cause the rule book is
1: kind of a mess. Um, is there friendly fire with ranged attacks in this game like there's supposed to be in Zombicide? No. Okay. Uh, we were playing like there wasn't, but I often play like there's not in Zombicide either because it's one of my least favorite rules. So yeah. I kind of feel like Massive Darkness is a better game than Zombicide. <laughs> because because there's no friendly fire. <laughs> because there's no friendly fire with ranged <laughs> fire. Yeah,
0: that, that makes it better in my mind.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm no longer I ha- also, cheating. I kind of think that the, the instructions for how the monsters move and... Uh, and follow the heroes are actually much clearer than Zombicide. Those are... There's some other vague instructions in the book. I have some issues with the, the rulebook
1: layout. And oh, yeah, me too. Like, like, it tells you to pick up two artifacts
0: in that first full mission, yep. but it doesn't tell you whether or not to draw artifact cards when you do See, that. See, I assumed that it that it meant, yes, pull, pull artifact cards. <laughs> I assumed
1: that as well. But if you go find a later mission, it, it very explicitly says... That when you, like, find the different shards of an artifact, that you then get to draw an artifact card. Oh, that's interesting. There's no, like, just implied draw an artifact card. But then also in the book, it says, like, sometimes you'll draw an artifact card. Like right, it, yeah. it just I just felt like it was vague. Like, it didn't tell me to it do it or vague. not to do it, and that really bothered me. And, then, like, there's a few other things in the book that I find a little bit annoying or frustrating uh because of vagueness or because of just where things are laid out in the rule book to teach you things and and being able to go back and reference the rule uh, is not always the easiest thing in the world so it also could have been badly translated perhaps yeah that's true because the designers are all french French, yeah yeah. yeah. that's true that's a good point Um, so anyway how do you
0: uh, final thoughts on massive darkness jason um you know i i don't think i would recommend anybody to go out and buy it unless you're looking for like a you know, relatively shallow dungeon crawling dice fest. I would um, say shallow, but fun. It
1: is fun. Yeah,
0: it is fun. I don't want to, I don't want to ex- like make people think that we're harping on this in a way that means that we don't enjoy it. I do enjoy it. Yeah. But no, it true. is shallow. Yes. Very shallow. Uh, if you're looking for a challenge, this is not that game. <laughs> no, there, there are better, more challenging and more rewarding uh,
1: tactical dungeon crawlers and campaign mm-hmm. Gloomhaven mm-hmm. Gloomhaven is the <laughs> game you want I saw <laughs> they, they it on a store they are also shelf. not underwriting us
0: Kyle <laughs> they are
1: not but it's so good um there's, there's other games, though, too, besides this that, that, you know, you could go and play. Like, you know, I, I feel like uh, there are those 4th Ed-inspired D&D games, you know, like those dungeon yeah. crawlers. Like, they don't have good campaign rules or anything like that, but they have interesting tactical decisions to make on a turn because mm-hmm. they use those 4th Ed rules from D&D, which are really tactical in nature. So, like, there's other games that you could play that you could go pick up off the shelf, and those are probably relatively cheap by now. Uh, that would maybe give you a little bit more of a satisfying tactical experience in a dungeon crawl game. So, there's other yeah. things out there but this yeah. one is a good dice chucker
0: yeah it is yep cool all,
1: all right. right massive darkness is a game that we situationally prefer
0: <laughs> jason if people want to get a hold of us where should they go okay well if they want to talk to us they should either send us an email it's lpt at gmail.com that's all one word uh they can tweet us at limited playtime or they can go to the website limitedplaytime.com, which will reroute you to the amazer.com which is where we are currently hosted Yes, next week we
1: will be talking about Battle Lore 2nd Edition, the Commands and Colors-inspired game that is based on Battle Lore 1.0, which was actually designed by Richard Borg, the creator of Commands and Colors. Uh, This one was basically just, uh, I guess, redesigned by uh, by Fantasy Flight Games, so uh, we both own it um i happen to be a huge fan of the commands and color system so i want to play more of that haven't gotten to do it lately and i feel like uh it's worth talking about because uh it's a little bit different than the rest of them
0: uh and it is fantasy themed in nature so jason will enjoy it yes (laughs) give me dragons and dwarves and Mm -hmm. i'm all set (laughs) necromancers yum yum yeah (laughs) tasty necromancy necromancers yum
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next Sunday in one week with Battle Lore, second edition. All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Later.